0: Welcome back to The Human Exception. Last weekend, Hallie and I had a blast doing our first live show for Able Gamers Charity, a charity whose goal is to give people with disabilities custom gaming setups, including modified controllers and special assistive technologies so that we can all experience the joys of gaming. Together, with the rest of the Terrible Party Network, we managed to raise $500, so thanks to everyone that came and watched the stream or donated. We really appreciate it. This week's episode will be the audio from that show, but if you want to see us make weird faces while we share our stories, you can find the video version at The Human Exception under the episode page, File22, Be Our Guest, or use the link in the description below. In this episode, I tell you about the dangerous world of fugu, the world's deadliest sushi, while Hallie enlightens us about the world of counterfeit wine. After our main topics, we will discuss some unusual food trivia. If you want a little bit more or happen to be giant nerds like us, If you wait until after the outro song, you can also listen to the part of the stream where we devolved into discussing Dragon Age theories. Here's your spoiler warning right up front. As always, be prepared for foul language and get ready for another human exception.
1: too, which is good. That's good. Yeah, that's... (laughs) First live stream of the Charity Weekend! Let's go! It's actually working! First live hex show! I know, I know. What are we doing? What were we thinking? Why did I think this was a good idea?
0: Because it was less work than tabletop?
1: Yep. Yep. Just got owned. (laughs) just got got called out.
0: I'm pretty sure I was like, let's just do something... (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't want to make a new character for something. No, that's
1: fair. It's a lot of work. (laughs) So, welcome to... I'm not going to do Kayla's intro, because that's what Kayla does. Welcome to the first live stream for our charity weekend. Uh, Thank you for joining us. I'm very excited because... This is an organization that we've wanted to play for for a really long time. So we are playing for and chatting for AbleGamers. You can go to AbleGamers.org and see the really awesome, cool things that they do. Their primary mission is to provide accessibility devices to people who want to play video games. Specialized mice, keyboards for PC, um, like retrofitted consoles if you're a console player. Just all kinds of really awesome things that they do and we are very happy that we get to help them out. So if you want to donate even a dollar, you can donate in increments as small as a dollar, which is very cool of Tiltify to let you do that. You can go to our specialized URL. It's right there above Kayla's glorious head. You can see that on the overlay, tinyurl.com slash TPC spring. We're at $86 of a $250 goal. So thank you so far very, very much for giving us that money before we even started this morning.
0: The expectations are high now. I
1: know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I have things plotted if we don't get to the goal by, like, mid-tomorrow, and I start freaking out a little bit, so... Is
0: this, uh, yeah, this still, like, fan service me. content,
1: or...? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I really genuinely thought about letting eggs do, like, custom birthday messages, but... <laughs> I think we'll just do a giveaway because that's a lot easier on my psyche instead of having <laughs> to live in her head for more than I need to. Uh, so that's my piece of it. We're podcasting. So, Kayla, what the hell are we doing?
0: All right. So, we are the human exception. Um, this is a podcast that Hallie, myself, and Nathan, who is not present, uh, started six months ago i guess
1: october.
0: yeah yeah october Um, uh, just has something to do in because we're all nerds and like to go deep down the rabbit hole on weird shit so we figured out why not do it for a purpose to share it with people and each other so we started this whole thing not expecting anyone else to really give a shit are <laughs> <Just laughs> mostly doing it for us right you know we're already podcasters because we're all very involved in the tabletop podcasting world and then yeah now it's kind of taken off so if you are here for us Thank you so much for showing up, and thank you for continuing to listen to our show.
1: Yes, very much so. Um, so
0: yeah, we just cover random shit uh, from anything from like murders and strange animals and (laughs) ghost stories and conspiracy theories and internet crazy people. (laughs) So yeah, just anything that kind of catches our interest that is just different. And yeah, that's where we are—the human exception. And And so here we are today to talk about weird food shit. Yeah! Ah! So so Hallie and I have both prepared a topic. I've also got some fun trivia for us to go through. And if all this fails, there'll be a bunch of talk of Dragon Age, I'm sure.
1: I'm waiting for that devolvement to happen. (laughs) Like, we get done and we're just like, okay, we could go for like another half an hour. What do we do? Let's talk about the Dread Wolf. (laughs) Anyways, that's... (laughs)
0: We just have to like warn Nathan if he's watching. It's like Nathan, don't oh, watch anymore.
1: Mm. I can I can edit it later and then, like split <laughs> it up and put a warning in there. Nathan, don't watch this part. <laughs>
0: so yeah, um,
1: you or me? Um,
0: I'll, I'll do the. I'll go first.
1: Hey, so. she volunteered. All right,
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's move some screens around so I can see all my shit.
1: Yep. You can tell we're podcasters too, because typically we're not on camera when we do this.
0: Oh, yeah. So, and, well,
1: and there, now there's. I, no I
0: sing and do weird shit usually in between yeah. <laughs> topics as well. So, um, that usually gets edited out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Cat Cats banging around. Oh, uh, there will be cats. There will be children from upstairs, without a doubt. As soon as I tar- start actually talking, there's going to be.
1: You've summoned them.
0: Yeah, there's the- <laughs> Just see how it goes. All right. Um, so today I'm gonna to talking about something very deadly. So I'll be the first to admit that I've eaten my fair share of things that really aren't good for me, even uh if my body doesn't always approve buzz because cheese. Let's be honest here. Um <laughs> But at what point does the level of risk outweigh deliciousness? Sure, with each artery-clogging cheeseburger, we're pushing ourselves one step closer to a heart attack, but what if the risk is a little more binary? (laughs) You could be absolutely fine, or paralysis could set in, and you could lose all ability to breathe, and you die. It's
1: cool. That's fine. Yeah. Thank you for
0: the $10 donation, by the way. (laughs) Oh, yay! Already. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What's the acceptable ratio of risk? One in ten? One in a hundred? One in five thousand? I don't like it. If you if you had a 99% chance of being fine to eat something super delicious, would it be worth it? With that 1% that you could die? No.
1: <laughs> Not a risk taker. <laughs> Clearly. Like, no. Um, no. Although I probably have and didn't know it because someone didn't stand there and tell me the odds because <laughs> Kayla wasn't behind me going like this.
0: Let me read you some stance. Right. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So I'm talking about what is commonly known as fugu in Japan. So this is the pufferfish, and It's a deadly delicace, delicacy. Um, and this name refers to a handful of genus of the takifugu and or porcupine fish of the genus Diodon. So a bunch of different blow up pokey fish that I'm sure you've seen on plenty of like children's shows. So these fish are actually poisonous. Um, The lethality um, of this dish is directly tied to its preparation. So restaurant preparation is very strictly controlled by law in Japan and in several other countries like Korea and China, where this is also a delicacy. Licensing often takes three or more years of rigorous training, a training that only 35% of applicants pass. Hold up. You said
1: three years. Yep. Holy shit. Or
0: more depending on where you're getting your licensing. Um, so the final examination includes a written test, a fish identification test, and lastly, a practical test where the chef must prepare and then eat the fish. It is easier to get a driver's license. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a serious shit, man. Because uh, the thing is, is um, what pufferfish have in them is called tetrodotoxin. Hey, there we go. <laughs> i love this stuff but i cannot pronounce it um so yeah this is the the poison that the fish carry um it is in their skin their liver their ovaries and their eyeballs these are the most prominent places where these are in the highest toxicities and this poison can be found in other species including like the blue ringed octopus which is the most deadly octopus in the world and you find that in australia because everything there kills you um and then rough skinned newts as well as moon snails so these are all carry this very very powerful neurotoxin um the key to preparation is the careful removal of the toxic parts the poison isn't something that you can just cook out of the fish like you can't just cook it to death and be fine you basically you have to actually remove things very carefully like if you accidentally cut one of these organs that contain toxin well then you could contaminate the fish itself but hey you know if you pickle and salt the ovaries for three years they can then become safe to eat
1: no (laughs) three years (laughs) Just like you write the date on the side with a sharpie, put it in the basement soon. <laughs> yeah. soon.
0: And like, I imagine, like, we're talking pufferfish, like, like this big, like, ovaries. Right. We're talking about, like, sorry, oh something tiny. Like,
1: that's not even a full bite. That's just, no. a, yeah, why?
0: Because <laughs> delicacies. Oh. So, Typically, fugu is served as sashimi, but one of the tastiest parts is supposedly the liver, which also happens to be the most toxic part. So, of course, go figure. <laughs> um, serving this organ became banned in restaurants in 1984, and, but that doesn't stop the appeal. Um, we have evidence that the Japanese have been playing fish roulette for over 2300 years, Jeez. but its consumption wasn't always legal. There's a handful of periods where the fish was just banned, but somehow it's always made it back into the public's good graces. <laughs> You, but let's yeah let's let people eat it yep. um for the public anyways um the emperor of japan by the way is legally forbidden by law to eat the fish for their own safety <laughs> i love it so as the average citizen in japan you can't just roll up to a fish market and buy a whole puffer fish even though they are there but you must have a license to purchase this if you want to get a whole or live fish but many markets are beginning to sell fugu that's already been prepared to the public So preparation, most commonly, is it is done as sashimi. Um, Chefs use incredibly thin blades to cut the fugu into translucent slices, a technique known as usuzokori. So it kind of looks like wax paper almost. It's like that translucent thin. Um, The roe of the blowfish is also incredibly popular, where it's often grilled and served with salt, which I'm not really like a roe person, but it actually sounds delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Grilled with salt. I'm into that.
1: That works. (laughs)
0: Um, the meat can also often be found as deep fried, smoked, sometimes even infused with sake and other marinades. So, Hmm. uh, so yeah, let's say you get poisoned.
1: (laughs) Now what? Great, great. Mr. this isn't like where you pee on a jellyfish sting and you're fine,
0: which is also a myth that researchers are not supposed to do. I know. (laughs) Don't do it. Don't do that. Um. Well, anyways, you're fucked, but not really. (laughs) Um. Oh God. So it's thought that tetrodotoxin is 10 times, 10,000 times more lethal than cyanide. So just let that sit in. Yeah. Um, You likely won't know that you've been poisoned until the symptoms set in. Your meal will probably look and taste exactly how you expected it to. But usually within 30 minutes, you'll begin to experience the symptoms. Though it's possible the symptoms may be delayed up to a couple hours, but this is quite rare. If you've consumed a lethal dose of this toxin, you'll know in 17 minutes. (laughs) Cool. <laughs> so you'll begin to feel a tingling and numbness in your tongue and lips that, that the se- sensation will then spread throughout your entire body slowly paralyzing your muscles you may experience headaches sweating hyper nausea even seizures but the deadly aspect of this re- reaction is the respiratory distress that will set in it'll become more and more difficult to breathe all while you're still awake
1: nope
0: oh and, and there's no antidote
1: yeah chat was asking about that
0: <laughs> yeah your best chance of recovery is to go to the hospital as soon as you can there the doctors will empty your stomach and fill you with charcoal to help on with the toxin to try and get as much of it out of your system as possible and they'll set you up on life support at which point then you pray that your body can keep functioning long enough for the poison to be metabolized metabolized or excreted from your body
1: Mm-mm, no
0: all in all it's not a great way to go
1: <laughs> then, there were no. better oh my god
0: so you'd think that people would die all the time because this sounds very deadly <laughs> <right. laughs> Between the years of 1996 and 2006, the Tokyo Bureau of Social Welfare and Public Health has statistics that indicate that in between 20 to 44 incidents of fugu poisoning some impacting multiple diners have occurred. So, you know, that's over 10 years, 20 to 44 incidents. That's not much, especially considering the population of Japan. Right. Um, so in that ratio, there's about 34, 34 to 64 people that were hospitalized um, and 0 to 6 died per year with an average fatality rate of 6.8%. So very low low rates of poisoning happen. And if you do get poisoned, it seems like your odds of dying are pretty low. So that's good. (laughs) Of the 23 instances that were reported in Tokyo between 1993 and 2006, only one took place in a restaurant. The others of all people catching and eating the fish. Don't do it. Poisoning through amateur preparation can result from misidentification. Improper preparation, and it's even... Or improper improper preparation, and it's even suspected that there may be even tied to suicide attempts. Ah! Mm -hmm.
1: You can can go (laughs) in a different way. Don't do that.
0: Oh my god. There were many, many options. Yeah. 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 So all of this is a drastic improvement... Um, over earlier years, poisonings peaked in 1958 when 176 people died that year alone. alone. Oh. Yeah. Um, one of the most famous victims was a kabuki actor, which is like a stage actor, um, Bando Mitsuguri, the seventh or sorry, the eighth, who in 1975 died after eating four servings of puffer liver, claiming to be able to resist the poison, but died several hours later in his hotel you're not invincible people don't yeah as much don't as you believe it
1: pull a houdini thing <laughs> and just, i've done this a billion times no. you'll be
0: fine this is part of getting older is that everything is just way more terrifying
1: <laughs> i don't like it <laughs> no
0: <laughs> so in thailand between the years 2004 and 2007 15 people died and 115 were taken to the hospital due to unscrupulous fish sellers selling puffer meat disguised as salmon oh no which, like, I don't know what salmon's like in Thailand if they have it natively, but like, most salmon we get out here on the West Coast is very pink, and yeah. puffer meat tends to be white. Right. So, I don't know. Farm salmon, though, is dyed pink. So, maybe it was farm salmon. So, that's
1: true. Yeah.
0: I don't know. It was a thing that happened. People are assholes. People don't are assholes. sell poisonous fish Shady. and it's not poisonous fish. God. So, obviously, this is very important to Japanese culture. Um, and there's even stories that involve this wonderful delicacy. Um, there's a Japanese story that tells of three men who prepared a fugu stew, but were unsure whether it was safe to eat. To test the stew, they gave some to a beggar. When it did not seem to do him any harm, they then ate the stew. Later, they met the beggar again and were delighted to see that he was still in good health. After that encounter, the beggar, who had hidden the stew instead of eating it, knew that it was safe and he could eat it then. The three men had been fooled by the, by the wise beggar which is a great story i love this.
1: yeah yeah there, there's a karmic lesson there
0: yeah. um among that like there are lanterns that are made from the bodies of preserved goose. so you can find these pufferfish lanterns that's often outside of restaurants um they've been inflated and they're like a little balloon um some pufferfish, or pufferfish have the spines on them some don't and yeah they just put like a light in them um and it's really cool (laughs) that's really cool yeah wow yeah and um the scan and stuff can be used to make children's toys fork art souvenirs and it can also be made into everyday objects like wallets and waterproof boxes smart yeah so for the future figure well it has if it hasn't been deterred If I haven't deterred you from your dreams of tasting the supposedly delicious fish but you're really not sure about the risk of dying there's good news (laughs) Researchers have determined that the development of the neurotoxin in the pufferfish is due to the com- consumption of bacteria that makes the stuff. So, farm-raised pufferfish that are kept from this bacteria are completely non-toxic. <laughs> the less deadly version has been it began to grow in popularity in Japan. Supposedly, supposed to taste exactly identical, just without the deadly side effects. Um, they've at this point made four thousand of these fish that are completely non-toxic. So, like, okay, it's working, guys. Yeah. So. Yeah, Um, so you'll soon be able to try the non-toxic version if you are so inclined to do so. And toxicologists are working on developing an antidote.
1: That's pretty cool. So,
0: and that is Fugu.
1: (laughs) Is that a record for you?
0: I think so. It is. I love you. (laughs) It's the shortest story I've ever had. It
1: might be to be fair you've been embroiled in other stuff yeah actually do you want to go over that for a minute it's just like there's this continuing series. um
0: so, uh if you are not a follower of our show or not familiar with our show um one of the topics that we covered a while back while back hallie covered teal swan so if you're not familiar she's kind of an online guru guru, guru. Guru. she makes me um, so mad <laughs> who's like a cult leader and loves to encourage people to commit suicide yes she's great that's the cool thing to I do i
1: hate her so much
0: yeah so how he was telling us about this like so much of her behavior kept reminding me of this internet story that i heard about forever ago um which is the final fantasy seven house so if you are not familiar this is a story that came out about 15 years ago now um where this guy wrote about his experience where he met some people on the internet and he ended up living with them and it basically turned into a fucking nightmare. Um, Yeah. All sorts of mental abuse, uh, just like ridiculous stuff, horrible hygiene, like conditions. And these people just preyed on him and basically took every penny that he had. And he eventually was forced to like go and be homeless to get away from them and then yeah five years later he decided to write a story so in 2015 is when the story originally came out after he wrote his story though uh, people started to come out sharing their own experiences as it turned out he was not the only victim of this person that we now know as jen carnett so yeah this has been internet legend for some time Uh, the person who is the person who originally reported the story uh, goes by icarus Um, he made a website to hold all this information all the testimony he's received as a warning to people like by the way this gen person's out there and also beware of who you talk to on the internet because they can be assholes um so yeah it's something i've heard about over the years and i've kind of checked in every once in a while so when hallie was talking about kiss one it started making me think about jen and i was like oh i should tell this story so went on the website i checked it out um i kind of wrote a story about it and shared it with mathan and hallie on the show um as part of my kind of research though i did end up Emailing Icarus just to be like, hey, got some questions, you know, about this, that, and the other thing. Be cool if you could get back to me. I totally understand if you don't want to. I realize this is very traumatizing for you. And um, yeah, so we did the show. And about a week or so later, I got a response from Icarus. And to my utter befuddlement, still to this day, he offered to come on the show. (laughs) So we were able to actually bring him on the show and talk to him and ask him questions about what happened. Like this story originally happened in 2001 so we're we're talking 20 years ago and so this guy has not come forward other than his own um website to talk about this and now we've had this opportunity to talk to him and there are other stories out there so i knew i was going to continue telling the saga and as i was going i was reaching out to more people we've brought in another guy named elliot who lived with them for a month and um it just keeps expanding i'm now in contact with two other victims the stories about jen like we know that there's an elaborate history from 2001 to 2015 and I'm working my way through it. And we are continuing to talk to more people about it and finding out more details about this person and the horrible things that happened and just hearing from the survivors, their tales about what happened and trying to bring some sort of closure to them, as well as an opportunity for them to share the stories and not just be the butt of an internet joke. Cause to be honest, a lot of them did experience a lot of harassment. They're like, how could you be so stupid to fall for this? Because, well, a lot of it was to do with um, a lot of, well, Final Fantasy, other games and media in which these uh, people bonded over often to the point of, well, Jen believing that she's reincarnations of some of these characters and trying to force that belief in other people. So it's the thing is, like, yeah, they're nerds. So people tend to look down on them. So we're trying to kind of change that perception and share their stories because the shit they went through was really difficult and they were really brave to get out. And they deserve, they deserve an opportunity to be more than just those stories and to have their stories actually heard. So that's what we're working on.
1: Kayla's been the spearhead for that. Um, and just, it's it's been so surprising to me who has opened up. I, when you said Icarus had reached out, I was like, so you need to back up for a second. Excuse me, what? Um, but it's it's just such a, I think it's a, sorry about the dog um I think it's a good chance for people to um, to understand that a lot of uh, almost anybody can can be wrapped up in something you, you we're always like oh no pff, not me that would never well I think a lot of people say that and then something yeah. happens
0: and yeah, the people who often end up targeting in these situations actually usually are very smart people. Normally, yeah. they've got a lot of street smarts. Generally, it's just they're caught in a situation where they're extremely vulnerable, and this Jen right. preys on that. And she works her way into those cracks, yeah. and n- before you realize that she's completely wedged in there, and you're stuck. Yep. So yeah, it's been super eye opening and great to learn all about this, and also to be able to establish that this stuff actually happened, that it's not just a weird internet legend okay. and that we should take it more seriously.
1: Yep, absolutely. Because there are other gens out there.
0: Yeah, Jen is just one person and we know of dozens of people that she's impacted and we know that she's not the only one. Right. So who, like who knows how, how many other people are out there, especially now in a time when the internet is becoming such a powerful cult tool like we're seeing with Teal Swan. Like Teal Swan is just a more charismatic attractive woman with like better marketing self-marketing yep. that's pretty much the difference between her and Jen yep deeply um, self-aware yeah Oof. yeah
1: yeah. so she's a nightmare she makes me so angry <laughs> <laughs> I'm still so mad about that I'm so mad about that because she just and and I think that's the kind of the thing that um you know we're, we're all very deeply interested in in cults too and you just you see these people who, like you had said, they know how to worm their way into one little crack in someone's wall. And that's the thing that gets people. And there, no one, no one is a solid piece of sheetrock. Everyone's got little intricacies and traumas and things that they're vulnerable to or tactics they're vulnerable to. And I, yeah, what Sam had just said, people who think they could never end up in a situation like that are most likely to end up in it
0: yeah 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 and like these people prey on your compassion right like they will present themselves as the victim and they're very good at doing it they're very good at faking that that victim no, story me. yeah yeah, so, and they also, at the same time, make you feel like you're the only person that can help them. Right. Which is very powerful feeling and very compelling feeling. If you are someone with any amount of empathy, it's very easy to find out yourself in a situation like that.
1: Yep. yep. Whew, okay, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> On that pleasant I, note. <laughs> I thought,
1: no, I just thought it was really important because this is the first... Um, we certainly never intended for this to be like a continuing thing. It just morphed into that as you started reaching out to people like Icarus and started doing more work. We have other things that we would like to look into um, but mm-hmm. this is the this is what's got our attention right now and I say our. it's Kayla <laughs> <laughs> who's doing who's doing like all the legwork and Nathan and I are just sitting there going oh this is horrifying <laughs> <laughs> oh no
0: <laughs> yeah that's my entire like side now. <laughs> all
1: right let's talk about fake wine yeah let's, let's talk about it. fake wine let's talk about con men
0: i totally thought about getting a glass of wine before we started <laughs> 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 what time is it it's five o'clock somewhere it's
1: fine it's fine, it's fine. all right um okay so Hear me out. Wine, but make it fake. And then sell it for millions of dollars. Win! Do it! One guy did! Capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Love a good con man story. So, um, I... And and some of you watching, or when you watch later on VOD, or when you listen to the audio of this, um, you know, later on when it gets put up on the podcast playlist may have watched this documentary. It was, uh, it aired in 2016, originally, and it's called Sour Grapes, and then it got put on Netflix. And its main crux is the story of this guy named Rudy Kurniawan. And I was like, well, it's a documentary about wine and some guy who faked a bunch of wine, I'm in. (laughs) Like, let's just do that, that's totally fine. So I'm gonna move my screen over so I can see what the devil I am doing. I should have done this before. <laughs> I did not. I was not smart enough. All right. People are used to this when I do, when I stream games. You'll see this here in a little bit as I, like, move a billion screens around trying to figure out what I'm doing. All right. I'm checking the, woo. we at $96. I'm so excited. All right. So, Kurniawan is this really smart, really charismatic person who had a natural lack or a knack for lying. So just con man fodder. You could like throw him into any con man movie and you would have uh, somebody like Rudy. Um, <laughs> he didn't forge paintings. He didn't, uh, you know, counterfeit money or currency in any way, shape or form. He didn't bilk a bunch of people out of their retirement savings with a Ponzi scheme. He forged wine. And when I say that, I mean, he actually forged... Kind of the bottles. Didn't really... <laughs> didn't really make fake wine. But we'll get into that. I found this so interesting. And Kayla, I'll share with you some of the pictures that they took when the FBI raided his house. Because <laughs> it either looks like a wine forger's house or a meth lab. Why not, though? There's like tinfoil
0: on the windows. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> it's like, okay.
0: You're just asking to be rated at that point
1: the neighbors are going i don't think the house is self-tanning something's wrong like it's just (laughs) something going on there all right so but what rudy did uh is he decided that a way to rip off all of these people with mostly more money than common sense or street smarts was to get them to buy the thing that they were investing in which was mine and we'll talk about one of the most famous victims, because that was entertaining for me, because it was like, oh, buddy, you you did a crime, but also, oh, you bilked a guy I really don't like because he's awful. So, okay. Good for you. Um, So, when people buy really expensive wine, it's not usually to drink it. It's typically to hold on to it as a status symbol, because at that point, it's vinegar. Like, it's... <laughs> like when you buy 50 year old champagne not that i've ever done that but imagine you had the money to buy 50 year old champagne i don't
0: have an extra months of like months worth of rent kicking around to do that. It's not,
1: oh it would be like twenty thousand dollars
0: easy depending yeah, on
1: no. what part of france it came from like and what <laughs> house it came from. yeah it's insane um there's no carbonation in that it's not <laughs> it's not gonna like if you take the top of that off of the machete it's not gonna be like like what you want from you know the scene in the movie it's just gonna sit there
0: mine is the biggest scam ever
1: it's ridiculous right that the shit i drink isn't worth forging like come on it's not
0: (laughs) unless just give me a box and we're good to go
1: (laughs) (laughs) we'll talk about fake yellowtail here too later on which just made me go oh my god why So, Rudy supposedly came from money. That's mostly what people knew about him right away. Interesting first impression. Um, He had this, like, really coiffed, swept-back black hair, and he wore really fancy suits. And then he always seemed to have, conveniently nearby in his vehicle, a very pricey bottle of wine that he would share with friends or strangers. Sometimes he would just hand people in a restaurant who were seated next to him a bottle of wine and say, Here, take this. Now listen.
0: Just wipes the dust off the, label. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the little rag with a little microfiber cloth. Here you go. This is I just can't imagine someone just randomly walking up to me and going, Hey. Yes? <laughs> like mm? i don't know about this i I guess if you're
0: one of those like really fancy pretentious people about wine you're like oh my god this is amazing thanks for the honor
1: i know yeah (laughs) so the other thing that people learned about rudy really quickly is that he didn't have any limits about for wine for conversation he was very very charming uh or with his money he supposedly had endless piles of it the story that he would tell was that he was from a wealthy Sino-Indonesian family who had ties to the wine industry somewhere. Never really was specific about the where or the what. And that he could get into these rare cellars, um, wine cellars, where you know they would only let select buyers in and on and on. And yet somehow, we know this sounds crazy, but people bought the story they wanted to. Con man people hear what they want to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, And so pretty soon, it didn't take him long, like, at all. This was 2006 when this started. He starts making a splash on the wine scene in LA, which is mostly Californian wine, which makes sense. He starts introducing French wine, particularly burgundies, which when you start looking at rare vintage burgundies, those are 20, 30, 40, $50,000 bottles of wine. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. I want to throw up. I'm just like, come on. Mm. So he starts making friends with all these people who invest in wine and don't do anything but put it in a cellar somewhere and then walk around with a drink in their hand and go, mm, yes, yes. Mm.
0: Could you imagine just having $20,000 just sitting around? No. <laughs> this is something that just will never happen for our no. generation.
1: No. $100 makes me want to cry.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh no, I'm just going to spend 20,000 dollars
1: on those it's pocket change so that's why I don't have a lot of sympathy for his victims no, mostly because if you have that money and you're not doing something m- more kind with it I was going to say more I'm productive much... but you know if you're not using it compassionately and you're not rescuing like three-legged horses or something which is what I would do
0: the Think about how many bottles of yellowtail you could buy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the or of some the other
0: <laughs> better not a better cheap brand.
1: <laughs> Yellowtails
0: i'm not so, a fan i
1: i'm not a fan listen i'm not knocking anybody that drinks it i get it it comes in like a fucking liter bottle i totally understand
0: oh yeah i've got my other liter bottle favorites yeah. like <laughs> it's, this is like you know comparing like bags of cheetos here right, right, right i just right, like, right, don't right. specific like that but i'm in for but i will drink it if it's around like right. i'm not gonna turn it away <laughs> if i'm not too good for that
1: yeah exactly <laughs> sam says imagine how many capri suns that is
0: oh my, oh, my god <laughs> I, wouldn't it be amazing if wine came in those in little the pouches? In those pouches. Yeah, you take them like, in be, a box. they'd be perfect for like camping. Oh, boxes are great too. But like, if you want to take it on a hike or
1: something. Oh my god! Oh my god! And you just whip out one of those little pouches, and they're like, "Oh, Chris, yeah. I haven't seen that in forever," and you're like, "Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's not the saying anything else. I
1: know. Um. So, Rudy starts hosting these really lavish dinners. He's inviting all of these uh, up and coming directors and producers who are known on the wine scene. And he starts really making a name for himself in what's going on. So what is actually interesting about Kurniawan that I found most important is that he genetically has one of those very rare palates for wine. So when he would do tasting parties, And they would do the thing where they're like, oh, you know, blind taste. Let's test the guy who says he can taste everything. He could actually do it. He was skilled at this. So he could even accurately tell you where the grapes were grown, identify certain vintages. And his palate for wine grew outside of that California area. And this is where he got interested and obsessed eventually with the French Burgundies. So, See, most
0: of the Melies don't even have that. (laughs)
1: Right, the dude could have made money in the legit way. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's too easy. Why would you put work in when you could just? That's the thing. He put work in, just you know, making fake labels <laughs> in his crack house, apparently meth house with the the foil on the window. Just y'all can look this up. It'll be in the show notes later too. Um there we always, you know, cite our sources and everything, but I saw the window and I was like, Oh man, really? You can't just you just put an arrow over your house is like, raid me here. Yeah. Unless you're in, like in
0: a really like lower class neighborhood, maybe you could blend right in.
1: No. He lived in a very expensive neighborhood Fuck, in man. California.
0: Then, well then already the cops are already paid off. So <laughs> yeah, that's let's true. be honest here.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So <laughs> This is what I know about Burgundies. Not much. They're made from the same grapes as Pinot Noir. Um, it has to do with mostly labeling. I believe it. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> They're red. That's what I They're, know. Yeah. It's like a deep, <laughs> deep red purple. Right. I've um, had hair down the way. had that name. I think we call it Mulberry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so all of a sudden, as he starts getting invested in these Burgundies, which is a higher class, quote unquote, of wine, he's suddenly at all the big auctions. And you would think when I first, you know, was looking into this, I was like, oh, he's probably buying to then resell, um, or let them sit. Nope, absolutely not. He was both buying and selling. He bought so much one kind of wine. It's a French Burgundy. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. Um, it's a Romani Conti. I the rest of the I'm not gonna butcher that. Um he became known as Dr. Conti. He bought so much of it. Hold on, because it gets worse. Um later on when some of the people he ripped off heard about this nickname, they just kinda had to laugh because they're like, Yeah, I bought Burgundy from him and yeah, it's fake. Great, I gotta go check my cellar now. Um, So at one auction in 2006, same year he kind of splashed onto the scene. Dude moved fast. Uh, He sold $24.7 million worth of wine at one auction.
0: Wow. Um, Shit.
1: (laughs) It beat the previous record by over $10 million.
0: Think how much shallotale you could buy with (laughs) that?
1: We're stuck on that now. <laughs> <It's just> like,
0: <laughs> Yellowtail is just is, the measurement for funds from here where on in.
1: We live. <laughs> I uh, measure my weekends and the debt I put yeah. in the Yellowtail box.
0: Just, just, just pay me in Yellowtail, tail will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, oh my god.
1: god! So this is 2006. These are the you know the really early days of the first dot com boom, um, where. Silicon Valley as a whole had a shit ton of money and not a lot of common sense. Um, and then you have all of these people who are looking to invest in something I don't know. Hoity-toity. Whatever you want to call it. It's a status symbol. It's a status symbol. There we go. Um, and then, That's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking assholes. <laughs> That's Rich what I'm going people. with. Rich people. <laughs> um, so He's on the scene for years and people know you go to Rudy if you want a a wine that you've been looking for to finish your collection. And he would just somehow miraculously have it. <laughs> I know. Judgment. We're judging. Um, however... In uh, inaccuracies start showing up, inconsistencies. So there were, uh, there was an example: bottles of a particular Burgundy vintage from 1945 to 1971 start showing up at auction. The head of the house that makes that Burgundy in France was like, "Yeah, we didn't start making that particular type of Burgundy until 1982."
0: Buddy, you're doing so much work. Just oh, do a little yeah. more research, man. Cite Just your sources. Like,
1: if you're gonna lie, do it well. <laughs> oh. I was like, man, I should have taken my librarian career. And <laughs> I'm a professional liar. Because I would have researched everything beforehand. Fuck. I missed. Um,
0: I missed opportunity. I missed, been a con yeah. Man. <laughs>
1: um, so Rudy starts... He suddenly is disappearing out of L.A. quite a bit, and he's traveling more and more. He's not around when his best customers have questions about this weird vintage that he sold them that, you know, they bought without question because they don't know what they're buying. So this is great.
0: They Um, probably didn't even open it anyway, so... Right,
1: exactly. It's going to sit in the cellar. Uh, One of Kurniawan's most famous customers infamous will say because i hate this guy so much was bill coke william coke of the coke mm. Brothers. yeah yeah those pieces of shit i hate those guys one of them's dead so
0: do you want to give a rundown on who those are evil <laughs> that's evil. okay that's some
1: <laughs> billionaire evil motherfuckers who put so much money into Not only the U.S., but around the world into policies and rules and politicians that will uh, disenfranchise people even further. On top of many other awful things they've done. I could do an entire episode on them. I'm going to do it. I hate them (laughs) so fucking much. (laughs) And I think a lot of progressively minded or even
0: even minded people... So hate. you do the Coke brothers, I will do the Bacon brothers. <laughs> <laughs> they think figure something out. I'm sure there's some other We could do it. Cr- crime fucking brothers. fucking assholes.
1: I hate those guys. The the Wikipedia article on them is just forever. Forever long. They're they're evil. They're evil. They're old evil white men.
0: Rich popular breed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um so he he sold a bunch of fake wine to bill coke which i thought was hilarious um uh, he deserves it. it really um i i uh it's very funny to me because this is unfortunately in some ways how rudy got caught so remember i said wealthy influential that's this guy um so bill coke eventually hires private detectives because of course he does Uh, to figure out that something was amiss. I don't think he was smart enough to realize it, but, you know. Um, And then they eventually turn the information over to the FBI. So then Rudy's house in Acadia, California, very expensive,
0: Mm. is
1: raided in 2012.
0: Um, Jen's dad lives there. What? Jen's dad lives in Acadia, California.
1: Shut the fuck up. (laughs) my god.
0: Everything's connected.
1: Everything's connected? No, No, you're good. I can't stand (laughs) it. Why why is everything connected? Oh my god. And when they went in to raid this guy's house, the entire thing was a counterfeiting operation. The entire thing was a counterfeiting operation.
0: Nice. Um,
1: He had a full setup for uh, counterfeiting wine labels, including literally doing that thing from uh catch me if you can where he takes the labels off the toy airplanes and puts them on the check he was basically doing that with non-vintage labels of a certain type of brandy, (laughs) and then just changing the date on them
0: amazing i was like dude
1: (laughs) this is great um jesse says there's a great behind the bastards freaking love behind the bastards good for you and the episode on the coke brothers I could hear Robert just, like, (laughs) getting progressively angrier the guy who does the show. Like, yes, yes! That man also carries a machete. So, you know. Um, I love him. He's great. Um, He had corking tools. He had old bottles that he had dug out of recycling facilities.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yes! He would frequently reuse bottles because a couple of people had said after he got caught that when they would go to dinner and Rudy would have bring his own bottles of wine, he was very particular about taking the bottles back. <laughs> I just like this picture of this guy, very proper, in his kitchen, with like
0: Dawn in a dish, <laughs> in a, like a dish rag thing, like rinsing the bottle. Oh my god, no. Have you ever seen a wine bottle rinser? No. There's a, it's amazing. So I used to do like Uber stuff um so like we'd bring our bottles in and they'd have brood it up and you used to have to then put it in and cork and all sorts of shit but like you have to clean the bottles beforehand, you have to sterilize everything and it's like the sink thing and there's like this little spigot you just put the wine bottle on it and press it down and it spurts water up inside of it so
1: it's a bidet
0: yeah it's a bidet for wine <laughs> bottles <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it ever. is <laughs> well the more you know
1: <laughs> The more you, da, da, da. um <laughs> So he had all these empty bottles. They found just a treasure trove of counterfeiting materials. And what he was primarily doing was taking cheap wine, putting in a new bottle with a new old label, and then making a shit ton of money. So, House was raided in 2012. In 2014, he was eventually sentenced to 10 years in prison in California, which made him the first person ever in the U.S. to be convicted of wine fraud. He was also convicted of mail fraud and wire fraud because of all the things Everything he was doing. Everything else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he is believed to have sold upwards as many of 12,000 bottles of fake wine in one year. One year. One year that they could track.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> because... Yeah.
0: He was good at what he was doing.
1: He was good. He was working for it. I mean, credit where it's due. Yeah. But this is where the story gets a little weirder because he did have family back in Indonesia. And the FBI fully believes that the rest of his operation has never been caught. They also mm-hmm. didn't really track it. So they were just like, yeah, we yeah, got Yeah, it's outside guy. of the
0: country, whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> There you got the guy. That's fine. No one else matters
0: but America. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um
1: But he was released from prison in November 2020 in order to be deported back to Indonesia. Hmm. So now he's there. And he's basically fallen off the face of the planet at this point. So Rudy's gone. As far as we know.
0: <laughs> as far as we know. As far as we know. Yeah. As as
1: we know I couldn't find anything else. Um so Rudy's kind of the most like well-known story of fake wine counterfeiters. Uh it's not uncommon. So this was fun. I was really fascinated by this. There are a couple of people who specialize in this kind of like wealthy white collar counterfeiting and one of them estimates that 80% of the burgundy from before 1980 is counterfeit. All of Damn!
0: It. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel bad for the people that buy it. No,
1: before no. 1980, it's older than no. me. Yeah, <laughs> come on, y'all. <gasps> All right, so if you look up fake wine, you will see a news article from March 22nd of this year. Um, there were customs officials in Ireland who confiscated the equivalent of 33,000 bottles. In one bust, which is almost three times the number that Rudy supposedly faked, uh, this is counterfeit wine that was found at the Tivoli Container Terminal, which is in the Irish city of Cork. <laughs> Sorry, of I can't resist
0: <laughs> of Cork.
1: Work. Oh, God. <laughs> this is where everyone leaves the street.
0: <laughs> it's suddenly, like, we're losing money. Yeah, we're losing
1: <laughs> Like, like God, what happened? I'm allowed to do that. I know. So the wine is roughly valued at $360,000. So they're not fake and expensive wine here.
0: No, that's like mid-range-ish. Yeah.
1: And it's believed to have actually originated in the Netherlands. Mm. But it's an open case. So... Maybe set your Google News alert and you'll find out more. I don't know. I'm kind of curious myself just to see what they were faking.
0: Well, obviously you're going to have to update once you get, we know more. This is your case now. I will
1: forget. (laughs) (laughs) I have the attention span of a squirrel. I will forget in a heartbeat. Um... But just back in February of this year, this is where the Yellowtail comes in. Oh. There were grocery store shoppers in England who were told to be on the lookout for fake bottles of that brand. And, you know, it's like one of these bottles you buy for like yeah. $9. Um, so there was a supermarket in Birmingham, England, that is facing government action because they were busted with 41 bottles of it. <laughs> Gets better. And this all started when a customer came back to the store manager and was like, uh, so I bought six bottles back in November. Three of them, the liquid wasn't the same color as the rest, and it tasted kind of funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you kept
1: drinking it? <laughs> I don't know if they kept drinking it or if they opened the other ones in hopes that maybe they just got a bad bottle. <gasps> they weren't. There were no specifics, but I'm very curious. I would like to speak to that person. <laughs>
0: i just want to know what they used yeah I like know. what's cheaper than yellowtail that you could use the wine with
1: colored water
0: god i'd hope someone would have noticed that that was the case just uh, like grape juice jesse i have
1: no idea if it was still wine the articles were not specific because open mm. case i don't know yeah um the bottles of this fake yellowtail which still makes me laugh have been tracked back to a large scale operation again likely from the middle of europe somewhere they think and there was an article in foodandwine.com um that is pointing out that this is actually sowing distrust with the local grocers now mm. because if you can't trust the 9 dollar bottle <laughs> of yellow tables, what can you trust what can there be left in this world um, and as, uh, I was telling Kayla before we went live, there was a buyer for another grocery store chain who gave a statement and said, basically, yeah, if you're a legit buyer, you're buying things from certain suppliers. Cause that's who you're contracted with. Yeah. Someone got this off the back of a van. <laughs>
0: yeah. There's, there's no way you accidentally buy that from like a licensed like distributor. I mean, I guess you could, if you stuff. I don't know around. how liquor works in that right. part of the world, but right. like, in Canada, all liquor goes to the government. Yeah, everything goes to the government. Yep. So it's like Same the government thing. gets it, and then they ship it out to liquor stores. So right. it's like it's controlled. It's a
1: controlled substance. It's very,
0: very controlled.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a controlled substance. So I just I had to point that one out because I was like, uh, did I read Yellowtail? <laughs> did I did I screw this up? Nope. Did not. So I just wanted to, you know, just just a couple examples. Um, If you look up fake wine, there's a ton of articles. There have been all kinds of cases and different fake wine schemes. Um, I will end mine with a quote from that Guardian article that I used on the Kurniawan story. It was the main source for it. Uh, And again, it'll all be linked. Um, But I thought this quote was very good. So quote, wine is meant to bring people together in warmth, conversation and laughter beyond this we add history mystique and science mainly because they're fun the spirit of wine frolics around naked it is not a suited accountant few drinkers as they uncork a an eight dollar bottle think in terms of investment or the authenticity of the bottle rudy kerniawan broke the law but dionysus would surely have chuckled <laughs> yeah that's like I, f- I feel like he would have found that funny <clears throat> yeah.
0: yeah yeah this is what you get for being pretentious yeah <laughs>
1: Like, oh, you faked wine. Got it. Got it.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not upset with him at all. I'm I'm not either. I, as long as it wasn't, like, poisonous or anything like Mm-mm. that. Like, well, whatever, man.
1: And very few of those bottles were ever opened. Because he was, the bottles he was bringing to dinner, for the mm-hmm. most part, were totally legit. Because oh. he had to be able to show off his tasting yep. ability. And then convince, it's like you bring the real thing, and then you convince somebody to buy 50 more bottles, but the others are fake. First one's free. Yeah. It's just, just to taste, it's the gateway wine. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Mm-hmm. The gateway wine. Sometimes I'm funny. I don't know where it comes from, but... Gritty, you on everybody. The documentary is really good. Um, there have been a couple of books written about, not about him specifically, but about the wine industry in general that have brought up his case because it is so well known at this point. But if you look at him, he just looks like somebody you knew from college, like perpetually baby faced, you know, thought slick back hair was really cool. It was 2006. It was care? cool then. It was cool then. Suits still not completely fully tailored yet, but they were very expensive. But yeah, it just looks like somebody you knew. It looked like somebody you worked with, which I always am totally by.
0: like trust in guy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Average Joe, he'd never <laughs> screw you over. Never.
1: Okay, that was the first hour. All right. You want to take a break?
0: Sure. Intermission. Intermission. I Intermission? could get a i could get a glass of water so.
1: right, there you go that'll work so we'll do intermission for give us five ten minutes everybody and we'll be back and then i think we're gonna have to talk about dragon age because i've dragged oh no of-
0: i've got facts you've got facts. facts that's right we have things to discuss
1: though. oh shit i'm bad at trivia you're not gonna make me well, no face. no
0: no i'm just gonna tell you shit and then we're oh, gonna laugh God. about it okay yeah no this is like no effort on your half Oh good, just respond. <laughs> That's all you get. Oh, I can
1: do that. Okay, I can. Yeah. Do, I can definitely do that. Yeah. So give us about ten minutes. We'll be back, everybody, and uh, enjoy intermission. Hey, we're back. Um, thank you for the <max> donations. Let me triple check. I have the right amount here. We're now at one forty three fifty eight, yes. which is twenty more dollars than we were about seven minutes ago, which is amazing.
0: Awesome.
1: So, woo, 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 Thank you for that, all of you. I appreciate that. Sam, I saw what
0: you did. I saw what you did. I know what what you you did.
1: did. (laughs) Sam is part of our thirst club, so none of that shocks me. Um, (laughs) Yeah, anyways. Okay, hit me. Oh, no. Did I lose Kayla? I did. I lost Kayla. Oh, no. Now we have to go back to intermission again. (laughs) It now works.
0: Of course, like, it would, like, crap out the second we come back to the This right crap out, <laughs> out on
1: intermission, yeah. <laughs> so, <sighs> all
0: right. What are we talking about?
1: Trivia. Gimme.
0: Yeah. All right. I uh, looked up a bunch of fun, like, food facts and stuff here that we'll share with you, because, like, most of these things aren't worth doing a full episode on. So, uh, let's get started. Um, graham crackers were invented to quell sexual urges. I have questions. So they were invented by Sylvester Graham, who believed that sexual desires of people was going to be the complete downfall of society. So his thought being that the more immoral an an activity, the more harm it did to your body. (laughs) So his theory was that bland foods would dampen dampen such desires and graham crackers were specifically made to be bland so that you would not want to have sex.
1: (laughs) Wait what does it say about me if i like them
0: i like graham crackers too like oh buddy, well buddy then... you failed
1: yeah what but... okay
0: probably thought he was doing quite well when they started to sell good he's like oh people are buying into yeah it <laughs>
1: everyone's afraid of their horniness oh god
0: yes uh <laughs> he's also a reverend so i'm sure that oh explains
1: well things. okay okay <laughs>
0: Um, flaming Hot Cheetos were invented by a janitor working at the Frito-Lay plant.
1: It tracks.
0: Yeah. So um, Richard Montanez is a Mexican janitor. He used to experiment with making his own seasoning for the factory Cheetos. Huh. And I guess he made this one. It seemed like a really good de- idea at the time. And his fans and family all encouraged him. So he calls up the CEO who actually, you know, gets on the phone with them and he pitches the idea. And well, the rest is history. Flaming Cheetos.
1: I really hope you paid that man well.
0: I hope so too. I oh think still, he still works there. I think he's in like some sort of management position now. I kind of skimmed the article. But
1: <laughs> they should have just like thrown money at him.
0: Yeah, like he should get a cut out of every bag that sells or something because <laughs> this is a very popular popular flavor.
1: <laughs> Chat would like to know. Okay, but when did you fall in love with Alistair?
0: I don't know if love is the right word. <laughs> Sibling love. Yeah, I love him like a brother. I don't like romantically love Alistair. This is
1: about to be weird. Yeah. Yeah, no. This is completely throwing
0: this off. <laughs> it's completely <thrown> me off. It's <laughs> completely throwing me off. out she was Alistair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you broke Kayla. Good job, spunky fish wizard. Yeah, but it's yeah. Get it. Oh, it's yeah. Courtney. Oh. <laughs> Hi, Courtney. I... Hey! <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: Yeah, no, um, Ugh. in my Dragon Age game, <laughs> my whole plan was to um romance Liliana. And I was like, yeah, this is what's gonna happen. And I was just, you know, being super friendly with Alistair and it was all going <laughs> good. And then he made the moves on me, like kissed me in a church, and I, he's he's like, so is that a good time? I'm like, no. No, not at all. Like I had to shut him down and he was super so awkward great. and whiny for the next little bit. Yep. <laughs> i was like dude Yep. i never gave you any indication
1: that i was into you but you're friendly to him he's that guy
0: yeah well you know it was i know, I know. <laughs> it was that time in the world kissed you at a church <laughs> yeah we just it. saved just saved redcliffe and he's like yeah this is a good time let's do that
1: yeah it's great in front of Band like, like,
0: oh. well <laughs> no i was in front of like the um Cleric lady that was Revere there, revered mother. Yeah, and right. um, Leliana is just standing there too. She's just like standing uh, behind him, like, <laughs> and Morgan. So, like, oh, I'm cool. surprised that Morgan didn't say something stupid.
1: <laughs> you know, later, later they get better at those party reactions. That early Bioware game.
0: <laughs> yeah, they had, they had a lot to learn, but they had a, it yeah, was still so... it was still fun. Okay. When then they also did a lot better with also like, you know relationship cues like you can flirt with people and not actually lead to a relationship without there being an actual conversation yep. so yeah
1: that that's the trick with the bioware games flirt with everybody until
0: yeah you can get so many friendship points with dorian and if you flirt with them even if you're a girl
1: he enjoys that though
0: he loves it he
1: loves it it's attention. yes don't get me wrong i love dorian <laughs> this is already derailed i know it has i know I know. <laughs> I knew it would. <laughs>
0: I'm so proud. Okay, keep going. All right, um which fast food restaurant do you think purchased the most kale in the US before the craze took off in 2012?
1: I have no idea.
0: Pizza Hut. Wait, Pizza what? Hut bought more kale than anybody. They were the biggest purchasers in the US cuz they used it to garnish like their um Oh, buffet Jesus. areas.
1: <laughs> they weren't eating it. I know. I instantly was like, who was eating it? Wait a second.
0: Fuck. No one No one was. No one. It's
1: that piece of greenery in the buffet that some little kid ran up and shoved in their mouth. <laughs>
0: oh, 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 Kale, you've come so far. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a glow up. <laughs> All right. Um, honey is the only food that doesn't go bad it'll just never go bad. Yep. The oldest honey that was ever found was unearthed in Georgia and dates back all the way 5,000 years.
1: Holy butt.
0: So in its natural form, honey is very low in moisture, which is required for bacteria and is, very, and is high in acidity, which also kills bacteria. So right. it makes it just not hospitable to bacteria, which then, you know, prevents it from, the bacteria just doesn't live long enough to actually decompose anything. Um, also because of this, it makes it an antibiotic that can be used on open wounds. That's right. Yeah, so it helps prevent and, re- and reduce infection. So, when the zombie apocalypse comes and you need to treat a wound, get yourself some fucking honey.
1: But also save the bees.
0: Yeah, you know what, yeah. save the bees, and that might prevent the zombie apocalypse. I, I'm not that. saying that there's a correlation there, but maybe. I am. <laughs> if I could just save the damn bees already, what the hell do they yeah, do to geez. you? Um... <laughs> So in the 14th century, Aztecs and Mayans used chocolate as currency.
1: That's the best.
0: Yeah. Ever. So the Aztec empire acquired taster chocolate, but since they couldn't grow it in the dry highlands of central Mexico, they traded with the Mayans for the, be- the, Mayans, 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 for the beans. <laughs> um, the 16th century Aztec ruler, Moctezuma II, drank 50 cups of chocolate a day out of a golden goblet to increase his libido.
1: Holy so they really shit. like the chocolate <laughs> yeah but it's like that like really good dirt chocolate that you put the mm-hmm. spices and stuff in
0: yeah i haven't ah. tried my hot chocolate but i really want to i feel like that would be it's so good really good ah. homemade just homemade hot chocolate is the best
1: just maybe dot 50 cups of it holy shit
0: that's a lot it's a lot that's a lot
1: wouldn't your mouth just be coated then at that point
0: Like maybe there were small cups. I don't know.
1: Like little. Okay. Yeah. Like
0: little, like espresso shot cups.
1: Oh well, that would almost make more sense. It'd still be a lot, but.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, that. There's questions that I I don't have answers to. Damn it. (laughs) Um, fresh oysters are still alive when you eat them. Nope. Yep. This is one more reason for you to never eat seafood.
1: Oh God, throw up
0: and you don't want to eat them if they're dead at least not raw right but because that's bad
1: i think i knew <laughs> this and i suppressed it <laughs> and now i know it again i'm not happy <laughs> i hate it
0: that's too bad i'm sorry Fuck. not sorry at all <laughs> um do you know what the difference is between a green red and yellow and orange bell pepper
1: Other than the obvious, no.
0: (laughs) The obvious is the only difference. The develop they're just different stages of development. They're all the same pepper.
1: Nightshades.
0: (laughs) Yep. Um Nutella uses 25% of the world's hazelnuts. Twenty-five? Yep. So Nutella was actually an unexpected byproduct of World War II. Um the Italian chocolate maker Ferrero couldn't get enough cocoa, so they was they were forced to use hazelnuts instead. Oh, okay, which is pretty cool. I That's hate.
1: actually pretty smart, yeah,
0: <laughs> and it's delicious. So you know um <laughs> in Russia, beer was considered a soft drink until two thousand eleven. It was not considered alcohol,
1: okay. I mean, it's not like they're saying vodka is considered a soft drink, but
0: no. But that was kind of like they, what they were measuring against. It's like anything that was under like ten percent alcohol what? was considered a soft drink. Ten. Because when you're when you're comparing comparing it to vodka,
1: <laughs> I know, but still, it's a lot. Ten
0: percent. Right? Some of us don't have a tolerance.
1: <laughs> I drink one six percent beer and I'm like, I'm fine.
0: You sh- shouldn't come to Canada. <laughs> to wait <laughs> oh you need to come to canada i know actually, i so. to work on it
1: i promise
0: <laughs> um in 1965 astronaut john young snuck a snack a sandwich into space
1: okay pop off any
0: guesses what kind of sandwich it was just Cheese. for fun
1: ham
0: corned beef ew <laughs> <laughs> so it was like a six star mission it's not like he was going up to live in the space station or anything right, um right, right. So he tried to enjoy the said sandwich and discovered that it would just start to break up in zero gravity and like the crumbs were getting everywhere. So he immediately just like had to stuff it back into his pocket so it didn't like fuck with anything. And like one of his co pilots was like, it was a good idea yeah. <laughs> if the sandwich had only held together.
1: The things you learn
0: when you um, go into
1: <laughs> zero graph.
0: <laughs> and here's a legitimate quote from NASA. Oh my God. They, they've taken steps to prevent reoccurrences of corned beef sandwiches in future flights. Oh. oh, my This is why NASA lost their funding.
1: This, it wasn't Trump. It was that.
0: No, <laughs> oh, I wish it was something that simple. I know, or not. Right? I don't know what's worse. <laughs> uh, hmm. That's mm, yeah. something I want to try to answer. Yeah, we don't <laughs> want to get into that here. <laughs> McDonald's chicken nuggets only come in four shapes, and they all have names.
1: I don't like it. Okay. They
0: are the boot, the ball, the bone, and the bell. So they said that these shapes are geared towards children to ensure consistent cooking and for extra dipability.
1: Uh, okay. Good job, Mickey D's.
0: Yep. They um did a bunch of like tests as well, like three shapes was too few and five was just too much. Like there was, it was a very deep study into the shape of chicken nuggets.
1: All I am picturing now is somewhere in a testing room deep inside of the Mickey D's facility (laughs) underground. They have a bunch of kids and they show them pictures of chicken nuggets and go, here, (laughs) which ones? (laughs) And the kids just point, that's it.
0: Probably. That's not exactly what happened. Um, peanut butter can be used to make diamonds. What? You only need to replicate the conditions of Earth's lower mantle at uh, 2200 degrees centigrade. Oh. But um, scientists yeah. have been trying to recreate these conditions to find out more about how the center of our planet works. Um, and they needed like a carbon-rich material and landed on peanut butter. So, but don't get too excited. It took them... Um, Weeks to get a two millimeter diamond, but you can get diamonds but from can, peanut butter
1: yeah, in a con- in that lab <laughs> in, in that a very controlled
0: lab. environment and <laughs> specific conditions.
1: Yeah. Very specialized equipment and you know funding, but also did they say what kind of peanut butter or was it just peanut butter?
0: It just said peanut butter. I'm not sure. That's They're a like, good question. Is like, is it like, between... right, is it like the super processed stuff or is it like the
1: natural? Stuff that you get to like stir the boil. It oil separates around and, in. and yeah. I hate. Yeah. There's yeah. just like GIF. a giant jar of Jif.
0: I want to pretend like it's Jif.
1: It's Jif. Yeah. It's like they went to Costco.
0: <gasps> yeah. It was <laughs> like, all right, all right, let's do this. Yeah. It's $5 here. <laughs> um, spontaneous combustion. Oh no. Which is a great topic that we'll one day cover. Oh my God. Um, but well, it is a complete myth in humans. Um, pistachios can spontaneously combust (laughs) Uh, due to their low water and high fat content pistachios have been known to burst into flames the nuts and the nuts and its kernels can overheat when stored in the oily fibrous materials and when they're used for transportation so sometimes they will blow up in the transportation van
1: forget coke and mentos this is what I want
0: to (laughs) see pistachios man
1: this is the reality I
0: want. So this is gross. Um, you no. can hear rhubarb grow. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> nope. So during a process known as rhubarb forcing, you will hear a cacophony of pops as the rhubarb grows. Ah! The process began in Northern England in the 19th century. When you put rhubarb into a dark shed, halting photosynthesis, essentially tricking the plant into thinking it's in spring, the rhubarb will grow unnaturally lard at fast speeds. So pretty much, you put rhubarb into a dark, dark room, and it starts to scream and grow. I just got like goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it.
1: I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Would you imagine someone walking by your shed, like, are you, are you, yeah, <laughs> yeah? It's fine. It's just the rhubarb. Ah.
0: Uh... <laughs> Just screaming for help.
1: Yeah. It's horrifying.
0: <laughs> right. Um, ranch dressing is dyed. One ingredient oh. in, one ingredient in ranch dressing is titanium dioxide, which is used to make it look whiter. Yeah. It's the same ingredient that's used in sunscreen and paint for color.
1: Yep. I was gonna say it's in paint, yeah. Holy yep. shit.
0: No. <laughs> this is why you don't buy pre made stuff. <laughs> Please don't. Oh, man. What were we said about eating stuff that will kill you? <laughs>
1: mm, okay.
0: Nutmeg is a hallucinogen.
1: In how much of a quantity?
0: Well, it says if you ingest nutmeg in large dose is, doses, it works with a hallucinogen due to the natural compound called merostisin, and it has mind-altering effects if taken in large doses. It does not define Ooh. what large doses are, though.
1: I would like to know. It
0: is probably a
1: lot. Probably a lot. <laughs>
0: But also, like, how much nutmeg have you ever had in one thing? Like, nutmeg's like a teaspoon in, like, a batch of muffins. Like...
1: Right, because it is very potent. Yeah. hmm Uh, wow.
0: And I also don't want to eat enough nutmeg to find out.
1: No. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> Which would be pleasant.
1: Just take some mushrooms. You'll be fine.
0: <laughs> and they're all natural. Yeah. yeah. I guess nutmeg is too. But <laughs> anyways. <laughs> The nut that eats. Yeah. <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> this is fine. Speaking of all natural, um, red food dye that's used in Skittles is made from boiled beetles. Yes, I knew that. Ah! <laughs> so, this is a common red food dye, dye called carminic acid, and it's made from crushed bodies of a beetle called the Dactophilipius coccus. That's going to be butchered. The acid is used in maraschino cherries, strawberry and raspberry flavored candy. And lipstick.
1: Yes. Yes. I knew that.
0: There are a lot of a insects in our makeup.
1: Yes, there are. Yes. <laughs>
0: uh. I just laugh at the people who are like, gonna be super by that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't be surprised, y'all. You should know this.
0: Um, expiration dates on bottled water have nothing to do with the water. Water can't expire. No. but the bottle and it's it's in (laughs) yeah and also nestle's evil yeah that too but um plastic bottles will eventually start leaching chemicals into the water and it won't really make it the water harmful to drink but it will not taste very good (laughs) yuck and never like guys don't buy fancy water just don't do it like fuji water or whatever is like processed in like Ontario or something yeah. <laughs> like pretty much all the water you buy in bottles no matter where it tells you it comes from it comes from Canada most yeah. likely
1: we also don't need more plastic in the world
0: yeah that's uh, completely unnecessary yeah. we live in a first world country where okay most of us have clean drinking water from the tap just use it don't be a totalist right.
1: exactly exactly
0: or and Sam then use you the can money hand water better for the environment or you could use the money that you'd buy on You spend on purchasing bottled water and canned water to, you know, support Flint, Michigan and help them get some fucking water. Or, you know, whatever is human rights. What do I know? (sighs) Anger. (laughs) Okay. um, Let's talk about Three Musketeers. (laughs) So, Three Musketeers, do you know why it's named that?
1: No. I don't know.
0: So, the original candy bar had vanilla, strawberry, and chocolate flavors in one. However, during World War II, they changed it to chocolate flavor only due to the rations. Uh, Which I want to ch- taste the original fucking Neapolitan Dream Musketeers because that sounds delicious. Yeah, that does. Right? Like, Whoa. bring it back. Go vintage with it. <laughs> you
1: can make a lot of money doing that.
0: Come on. Yeah, get I'm on into it, it. man. Um, sweet drinks can cause dementia. So. Mm. However, studies shown that people who drink one or more artificially sweetened drinks per day almost have a three times more likely chance to develop dementia.
1: Holy shit!
0: Sugar's bad for y'all. Yeah. Like people are drinking soda every day. People are who are adding sugar to their coffee every day. There's
1: <laughs> Courtney just, just think said on that. By my brain.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Courtney. It's fine. <laughs>
1: It'll be all right. It'll be all right. You can stop now. <laughs> start,
0: start now. <laughs> start. You can recover.
1: Sorry, yeah. I know it's conflicting. We're, we're,
0: we're all fucked anyway. Let's be honest. That's true. <laughs> the sugar and everything. That's just how we make things these days. Yay. Um, this one's kind of common, but bad eggs will float. Oh yeah. So yeah, if you ever need to test the freshness of your eggs, put them in a glass of cold water. The fresher the egg, the faster it will fall to the bottom. Yay. If you have any eggs that float up all the way to the top, get rid of them. But. Yeah, because bad eggs are gross. Yeah. Uh, bird saliva is a delicacy in China. How? So have you ever heard of bird's nest soup? Yes. This is what it is. So um, it's from the specific type of like cave swallows that they um, make these nests out of. Or I guess they're called swiftlets um, out of their saliva. It's like some sort of spider shit. <laughs> What? Make his own nest and then someone goes and collects them all and then make it into soup and people eat them. What? That's yeah. actually kinda cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I watched a documentary on those deep caves and stuff and where they had those walls, and it's super neat. Oh, there's wow. so many damn birds. So many damn birds. Jeez. It's wild. Um you know pre shredded cheese you can buy in those bags. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. hmm uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh there's wood pulp in there. Yeah, I
1: was gonna say <laughs>
0: So the ingredient called cellulose is a digestible wood pulp. It's a filler and used to keep the cheese from clumping together, and is approved as safe by the FDA.
1: Gross. <laughs> yeah. Basically... So yeah, that's what
0: that's what makes it not stick together.
1: <laughs> Great, cool. So basically, I am never buying that. I can't eat it anyways, but <laughs> now I won't ever.
0: Um, popcorn at the movies is not universal. In Colombia, dried ants are a popular option. Just get, bring your bag of dried ants to the movies. All right. Meanwhile, in Korea, a snack of choice is a dried cuttlefish, and in China, they eat dried salted plums.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think that's great, actually, because then... Those
0: all means... seem healthier options.
1: Yeah. I was gonna say, like, that seems like way more... It makes way more sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know how have we ever equated. I'm sure someone's written an article about it or something. How we well, ever how popcorn came popcorn to be two movies. That's the topic we're never how that happened. How that weird synergy happened.
0: Popcorn propaganda. <laughs> popcorn propaganda. <laughs> um, in an emergency, coconut water can be used for blood plasma. What? So just like blood plasma, coconut water has levels of high sodium and low potassium. It should only be used in absolute emergencies, of course, but uh, because the adverse effects may be fever, headaches, itchiness, or an aching sensation. But if you suddenly need blood plasma and you've got coconut water, it's better than nothing. <laughs>
1: Do it. <laughs> That's what and, you take you know, on your desert island.
0: Yeah. And then take some pineapple juice and a little more rum and you got a pina colada going. <laughs> um eating fast food regularly has the same impact on your liver as hepatitis
1: oh lordy
0: yeah obviously you know fast food is bad for we all know that by this point but yes i did not know so um one month of eating fast food can cause significant changes to your liver due to the amount of fat and saturated fat these changes in liver enzymes are similar to the effects of hepatitis wow holy so like we always holy. tell you it's bad for you you know you're going a heart attack or but like It's so bad for you that you pretty much have hepatitis. Jeez. That's brutal.
1: That is brutal. Oh, my gosh.
0: But, yeah. Moderate your processed foods, guys, if you want to live. Just general. Yeah. Um, Hot chocolate tastes better out of an orange cup. How so? So, depending how you serve something, it can scientifically change your perception of its taste. Scientists had 57 volunteers try hot chocolate out of white, cream, red, and orange cups, and orange cups were the tastiest. It's all the exact same hot chocolate.
1: Why is that?
0: Um, I don't exactly know, but like we psychologically respond to colors in different ways. Sure. Like, you know, reds and orange are kind of considered like appetite-stimulating colors. I don't know what they do to do that. I just know that's the case.
1: So next time I make hot chocolate, I should try it. I don't think I have an orange cup. I don't don't think I do. I have to go look.
0: (laughs) Um, It's impossible to cook an egg on a sidewalk. The highest temperature ever recorded was 131 Fahrenheit. In order to cook an egg on a sidewalk, you would need to be 158 degrees. Even with the reflection of heat, concrete is not a good enough heat conductor, so you wouldn't be able to cook an egg. So now you know. Is it different for blacktop? I wonder. I imagine so. I think you think, think that so. would absorb much more heat.
1: Yeah, because it's like you just don't even dare walk across blacktop no, in the summer. No,
0: because you're asking for it. Like even in shoes, because your shoes will stick. to it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why you don't take your you know your four legged friends.
0: No, across don't do it.
1: Hot blacktop.
0: Um, potatoes can absorb and reflect Wi-Fi signals. That's awesome. So Boeing wanted to test out its wireless signal on its new planes in 2012. They placed giant piles of potatoes in the seats because of their high water content, chemical makeup, potatoes absorb and reflect radio, and wireless signals just like humans do. (laughs) We are equivalent to potatoes, guys. Yay! Also, I saw something like potatoes are, I think it was 80% water, like a ridiculous amount of water, which I did not know. Potatoes are a lot of water.
1: Potatoes are a lot of water.
0: But yeah, you, you can you a, could juice them, but they'd be gross. Oh
1: my god, amazing. Can I wear a potato foil hat to keep the Wi Fi's out of my brain? <laughs> keep the 5G out of your brain. <laughs> Just like
0: make like a scallop potato hat. <laughs>
1: no, it's like work. that. Wait. <laughs> Throw back to when I talked about car compose. It's like that condom hat that they made for the Oh
0: my god. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> anyways um more people die by falling coconuts than by sharks believe it i bet you courtney knows this one (laughs) so um so yeah sharks get a bad rep everyone was like oh my god sharks ah." but in reality yeah yeah blame jaws it's all jaws fault. um but yeah in reality you're much more likely to be killed by a coconut than a shark there are 150 people killed a year by falling coconuts there are maybe 10 by sharks yeah So fucking coconuts. That's the danger of the beast, not the fucking sharks. And finally, this one I kind of just found, which I think is appropriate, is wine can be used to fuel a car. So um, to find a sustainable alternative to traditional oil, Prince Charles had his vintage Aston Martin rigged to run on wine. It claims that it runs better and is more powerful while also it smells better. When he's driving. Stop. <laughs> so, the more you know. There you go.
1: <laughs> just... Drive down the road.
0: <laughs> you imagine? Amazing. Yeah, so those are my facts. Okay, so we talk about Dragon Age now. <laughs> That's it for this week. Next week, we'll be telling you about some crazy cryptids. I'll be telling you about some crazy ghost-like creatures that look like a pair of pants. Holly is going to talk about Bigfoot, and Nathan is going to talk about whatever it is he decides to do. (laughs) We're very excited to announce the launch of our new Discord channel, so if you want to get together and chat with us and other Hex fans, head on over to our website, thehumanexception.com, and find the link under our contact page. All citation sources and pictures discussed in this episode, excluding the stuff about Dragon Age, can be found on our website, thehumanexception.com. To keep up to date on everything Hex, follow us on Facebook or Twitter at TheHumanException. Do you have an idea of a story that you want us to cover? Want to tell us that we're wrong or just say hi? Hit us up on one of the social medias through our email at at gmail.com or that Discord that we mentioned. We hope you have a wonderful Easter weekend and we'll see you next week. Keep being exceptional, my humans.
1: To say, that's just like the tip of the iceberg sticking out of a giant ocean.
0: That's just like Dragon Age 1 and not even the <laughs> DLC.
1: Kayla has thoughts.
0: I have many thoughts about many things. I've been way deep in this for too long. I've watched so too proud. many hours, hundreds of hours of videos on this now.
1: I'm so proud.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this all started at Christmas, guys. And you did a new RPG, and I started playing Dragon Age Woo! and the rest as well.
1: Your, history. <laughs> your, your, your brain on Bioware
0: <laughs> my brain on Bioware
1: and that's only the Dragon Age we haven't even gotten into the Mass Effect remaster
0: yeah when that gets around that'll be fun <gasps> at least they'll give us something to do until Dragon Age 4 oh my god
1: oh my god Ugh.
0: yeah that's that's super hype what
1: do you want to talk about where do we start I don't know Um, I have played them so many times it's absurd let me take a look at Because I think I played the first one. first one came out in.
0: 2000s? 2009?
1: 2009, 2008, somewhere around there. I mean, to be fair, chat, they're not everyone's cup of tea. I totally get it. Like, a lot of people like Call of Duty, which I think is a dumbass video game. So, to each their own, like, it is what it is. Um, well, uh, husband and wife are fighting in chat.
0: Oh, Jared, Jake, and Courtney fighting. <laughs> <laughs> what is the argument this time? Is it about skill checks?
1: Uh oh, no, about Dragon Age. Oh, now they're yeah, this is a thing. You just watch <laughs> chat for the rest of.
0: You want Dragon Age, guys? You get Uh-oh. Dragon Age. Uh oh. Um. Oh, here's one. Um. So there is a theory that Sandal is actually a god.
1: I believe that
0: so that they think that he's jude the god of um crafting which is an elven god um so if you guys don't remember who sandal is sandal is enchantment yeah. <laughs> i love sandal so much um see me sandal in dragon age one and dragon age two um he is with his adoptive dad he's a, a dwarf lad who likes to make enchantment runes and uh has strange powers to kill darkspawn on mass he was found in the deep roads um that's where his dad found, well bodan found him and then decided to adopt him so his history we don't know he doesn't nope. speak much he doesn't really say anything other than enchantment he's really fucking good at enchantment
1: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> and yeah so they think there's a theory that he is in fact the elven god of crafting as we've seen in well okay spoilers for dragon age inquisition
1: spoilers leave the chat now
0: Alvin gods have shown up As people <laughs> I'll say that much um, no
1: you know what again my argument for that is the game came out in 2014 spoilers have a shelf life of like a year
0: I just don't want to spoil for Nathan because I want to see his reaction and how he does everything that is the biggest thing for me <laughs> Nathan
1: stop watching is he actually watching right now no
0: okay Fuck, I'm just okay. saying
1: <laughs> okay now go
0: Okay, <laughs> but yeah. So if you played in Inquisition, you will have known, especially if you've done the DLC Trespasser. Which if you've been done Inquisition and not done that, and you didn't really finish the game. Um, then we know that Solas is in fact Fen'Harel, the Red Wolf. He is a god, as well as Flemeth, um, Morgan's mother, is also Mythal, the Elven god. So we've seen the Elven gods now show up in Mortal Forum. So yeah sandal could be the god of crafting
1: it makes sense I, I would buy it i would buy it yep. yeah yeah i would buy it that would not there's i feel like there's very little at this point because i'm i i should not say this but i'm gonna say it anyways i feel like it there's very little that would surprise me
0: yeah i would point. just like to see sandal again because like he didn't show up in inquisition like you a letter but well, you only found find a letter, the letter. yeah yeah
1: and you really so, have to look for that.
0: <laughs> you you really do. It's, you really have to like run around the well. back
1: of that weird floating building. And you're like, oh, back here. Okay. <laughs> All right.
0: Oh, this one's interesting. I didn't hear this one before. The first warden was a Tevinter magister. Also tracks. So Tevinter magisters, if you do not remember, were, well, magisters of Tevinter decided that they wanted to break into the uh, Golden City of the gods to check shit out instead that they corrupted it and brought back the blight and good job the world's been horrible ever since.
1: Good job.
0: So we know that the Tevinja Magisters have come back um, and we know that Corypheus is one of them. Um, if you played the Awakening DLC for Dragon Age, you know that we have the Architect as one. Um, so we don't know where they all are at this point. Um, but they seem to exist and they seem to exist in extremely dark spawny forms of great power. So which is not great.
1: Also can we just go back to Corey for a second? Okay. Could've been great.
0: Could have been great? Could have been great. Why? What's your what's your complaint here? It's so
1: anticlimactic.
0: <laughs> it was. It's true.
1: Especially that know. scene where he shows up in Haven and like Ah, ah, why does he get red layer and stick it out of his face
0: yeah i feel like there's something missing there like i feel like they just ran out of time when they're finishing inquisition because like they've set all the stuff up for trespasser but then of course we had to wait for an expansion to come out right for us to actually get the proper ending to the game right so yeah i don't know i feel like there's stuff they that they just didn't get to get to yeah
1: that, that ha- they try to pack so in- much in there yeah it happens in mass effect too it it's and then they go back and then they oh no 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 we didn't mean it. Haha, ha, got ya. Not the real ending. This is the mm-hmm. Citadel DLC, which is the best DLC of all fucking time. Don't get me wrong.
0: But damn <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know what happened there. That's that's unfortunate. And it
1: makes such an entrance. Yeah. And at the end he's like look at me I float I'm like I don't like you but also you just kind of need to die and also I forgot you kind of exist
0: <laughs> Yeah yeah that whole ending part kind of led up to a very I kind know. of anticlimactic thing with everything else that was going on it kind of got overshadowed by everything else
1: Yeah yeah it's like the side quest side The after credit scene and you're just like "Oh, Yeah Yeah, yeah. Yes.
0: yeah over completely overshadowed by Dreadwolf
1: yeah. it's. which if they did that on purpose then
0: like Well, fix your it, technically technically it is all about um Fenrir anyway because Fenrir is basically who made Corypheus what he was cuz he gave Corypheus the orb, caused the rift cuz he just wanted Corypheus to open it.
1: Listen, I don't like Solus, okay? <laughs> it
0: makes you really me so don't. Bad i get him so i under- I understand him where he's coming from um he's had a bad time
1: he's- so did anders anders blew up the chantry
0: oh i also love him too so
1: <laughs> but i will say that is at least for me that's one of the strengths of the writing is that yeah. even if i absolutely fucking hate some of these characters i don't forget them <laughs> And it's not because of shoddy characterization. Again, no. this is all colored through my filter, but you know,
0: yeah, like people give a lot of shit to Dragon Age too, but I really enjoyed it. I really like, enjoy
1: that game. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like obviously, you can see they've cut corners because you oh, know yeah. when you have to develop a game in a fucking year, you're gonna cut right. corners. It's but the same um, dungeon,
1: like we get it, but yeah,
0: yeah. But like the characterizations and the story in there, I thought was really good, and the whole like Anders thing is very conflicting like that's probably one of the first times in a long time i was just shocked in a game when that <laughs> happened and i was like i'm gonna make this decision right now like, uh. <laughs> uh, uh 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 i have like I have everyone's yelling decisions. at you <laughs> yeah i know
1: i know depending on, on your relationship with them
0: yeah so yeah th- th- and that's such an interesting with an- Anders. is just because it's not just Anders. like we're dealing with justice and everything else so
1: he's very different early yeah. on
0: yeah so don't get possessed by spirits it's bad guys don't you make decisions you wouldn't normally make yeah
1: don't merge your form <laughs>
0: with somebody with else spirit
1: <laughs> don't do it
0: you may receive undesired consequences you know anyways Never. there was a, the, the first <laughs> first word was a tevinter magister oh god we were there weren't we that's where we were So if you guys don't remember, Gray Wardens um, is what you play in the first game to help fight the Dark Swan and the Blight. They will take Dark Swan blood as part of their initiation ritual, which you know sometimes you'll die from. (laughs) It's totally fine. (laughs) You want to save the world, okay, cool. Um, Now you've got to do you got to play like roulette here and see if you're worthy of saving the world, (laughs) or you could you know just try and save the world without it. That'll go over well. Yeah, well it's just like I'm still not sure if it really makes sense to like actually take the dark side. like sure you can sense them you can um it does give you more strength and stuff but it's also got a lot of shitty side effects and like someone you have to do it to be able to defeat the archdemon supposedly right so it's like but supposedly you have like about 30 years of life once you you, you are inflicted assuming you live through the joining
1: yeah jeez.
0: and then you deal with horrific nightmares for the rest of your life
1: cool
0: you slowly go fucking crazy and if you do have to fight an arch demon, you have to give up your life. Right. You have your fertility gets completely shot, so you can't have a family or any form of a normal life. And then, yeah, eventually you go crazy. And you have to get put down by your friends, or you have to go wander the deep roads for the rest of the until return until you die. Yeah, your head off. Yeah. Cool. You're turning into like a ghoul, like Buddy did, and um.
1: Oh yeah, yeah that guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That uh, guy would. The expansion legacy.
1: Damn it um oh god what's his name well
0: it's something with an L or something anyways yeah, it, it is
1: it is I just the guy the guy that helps
0: you find Corypheus in the right. uh Dragon Age 2 expansion right so yeah um it's not a good time so yeah the the, the theory here is that um you know, why would a human just decide to think drink Darkspawn blood and, like, fight Darkspawn? Like, it's like, <laughs> I'm going to fight these motherfuckers. First, right. I'm going to drink their blood. Like, what is the logic that got you there? It does make sense. What came <laughs> these first? guys are really gross and rotting, so I'm going to put it in my mouth so yeah. I can fight
1: them. Ew. Yeah. What came first, the first archdemon or the first Grey Warden?
0: Um, Well, the archdemons are are gods. so right. they technically existed before they were corrupted so um the archdemons are blighted so right. it would it would have been the archdemons probably would have came first
1: but then who figured
0: out like hey you want to drink some dark <laughs> well that's what this theory is in yeah. a sense of intermagister you come back after fucking things up in the fade um, oh, and bringing the blight back with you and you're like oh shit i did that i did a bad um and so, what you decide that you drink it um, and realize that that could help give you the powers to fight back, and then that guy spread the word, and then we have Grey Wardens for the rest of the fraternity.
1: The recruitment method leaves something to be desired. Yeah. Hey, it really does. Are you running from something? Join Grey Wardens.
0: It's like the Night's Watch, but worse. Yeah. Because <laughs> you could just die
1: you're already in a bad position. It well, This, probably, worse. this oh,
0: is wait. why they recruit criminals. So yeah.
1: or, if you die, oh well. Or you get, you know, if you play the Circle Mage origin, you're already technically in prison. In yeah. a lot of ways. And you're just trying to convince little Cullywelly to, you know, be your toy on the side. So <laughs> that's a whole thing. Oh, Colin. I t- Fucking this is why i just um, i just i either go with iron bowl or you play as a dude in romance story and i'd be done with it
0: okay i love colin he was my first romance because i played in position first but yeah ever since fighting the actor's a total douchebag i'm not so into it anymore douchebag.
1: yeah he's a dick
0: yeah don't um all lives yeah nope mm voices
1: Fenris though, gold.
0: Pure gold. Um, theory. So an in Inquisition you have to sacrifice somebody in the fade. in the fade, if you don't know this. You get the choice between Hawk, Stroud is a Grey Warden, Alistair if he's still a Grey Warden, or Logan McTear if he's lived and is a Grey Warden. I have never
1: the- ever done that. Logan? Uh-huh. No. Nope. I can't nope. do it
0: i redid the lands meet or the yeah, lands meet a couple of times the first time i did it like i was like okay i'll, I'll make him a gray word and then alice just like fuck it i'm out I'm like no yep.
1: <laughs> you yep. <can> just leave <laughs> then he turns into a drunk yep
0: <laughs> yeah And like this is not good and like well i like reloaded myself i'm like okay what do i yep. do and i'm like looking like, That's the only way that this works is if you kill him <laughs> i'm like great i gotta kill this sucker okay yep <laughs> guy's an asshole anyways Love um him. but anyways so yeah you have to leave somebody in the fade you have to make that decision and there's a theory, of course, that this person is still alive. Right. Um, one of the theories, though, that, so it's like, if it's Stroud or Alistair, or material, I don't buy it. But if it's Hawk, there's a theory here that kind of does line up. Um, in Dragon Age 2, at the very beginning, when you meet Mythal, she says this. She says, when, sta- when you stand upon the precipice of change, the world fears the inevitable plummet into the abyss. Watch for that moment. And when it comes, do not hesitate to leap is only when you fall that you can learn whether you can fly so and
1: then there's that joke about her showing you how to be a dragon mm-hmm. yeah 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 i was like yeah sweet i'm okay with that
0: yeah so it's like you know what if it, if you know you left hawk in your state and that Lisa something, I'm totally cool with that. You know, you've got the foreshadowing, you've built, you've put the like groundwork in for that. But trying to bring like Alistair Strat or Logan McTier back just doesn't make sense to me.
1: No. They're wardens, that's
0: Yeah. You're gonna get eaten to... by the giant fear get... spider diet oh, demon. Oh, thing. that
1: thing's horrifying.
0: How many eyes? So many eyes.
1: Ugh. And then like <gasps> the arms out of the back of the <laughs> The fear demon thing. I was like, mm. I don't like this. I hate it
0: oh liliana is a fake this is a fun one what? so liliana um in the game the first game when you go do the um ashes the ashes quests um there's an opportunity that you can make a decision in which you decide to defile the ashes of andraste doing so will piss her off and you'll have to kill her right so it's entirely possible that liliana can die in your first game yep. Um. So when Liliana shows up in Inquisition as one of your advisors, well, they had to kind of figure out how they were going to handle that. Um, in my game, she never died, but um, then I heard about this thing, and then when I played my second game, I made it so she died, just to kind of see what the difference was. And you go and talk to her, and she's like, yeah, you know, I had to fight the hero Ferelden. Um, they tried to do a dick thing, and then I died. And then I woke up, and the ashes were gone, and I was alive. Oh, no. Yeah, so it's super weird. <laughs> Um, and the thing is, if you have that, and you don't make Leliana the um, divine, at the end of the game, there's a uh, for her like title card. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It says that like, just she lives in her tower continues, continues her work until one day, a large flocks of birds leave the tower. Oh fuck! And, and she's not, and she's gone, and it's something about like the end of, end of a song. I can't remember what the quote is, but yeah, I was like her song has ended or something like that so yeah there's this whole theory that like she was a spirit brought back specifically for this purpose and then taken away
1: ah. so wait if you yeah. kill her if you kill her in Origins does she show up in DA2
0: that's a good question actually I don't know
1: because that's kind of the crux of or a, a chunk of that third act
0: well she only shows up for like one scene though. right
1: but that's a whole it's like a whole quest that you have to go meet with the Divine's agent to prevent a an exiled march. On yeah. Wall.
0: Okay, so it says here that she's still alive in DA two. Oh. Okay. And it doesn't it doesn't look like there's any sort of change in regards to it. Okay. So like, it wasn't really explained to likequisition. They didn't add anything about it.
1: Man, if she died in Origins and you're playing DA two as a new game, and she shows up, and you're like, wait, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Did I kill you? What's going on here? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, in our last couple of minutes, I have a question. It's a very important question. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) I have to know favorite companion of all time.
0: Of all time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of all three of them. I love Anders. I have a real soft spot for Anders, (laughs) but like. Obviously, there's things he did that I don't agree with. Yeah. Hey, buddy,
1: you did it bad.
0: Mm. Um, Favorite companion of the time. Alistair's pretty great. It's he's, he's dopey and funny.
1: Swooping is bad. Hmm? Swooping is bad. <laughs> I fucking love Steve Valentine. Every time he shows up in something, I'm like,
0: oh my god. Who is he? I think, yeah, I, think I know your answer. Zevran? No. Isabel? No,
1: actually, um, it would probably be Cassandra.
0: I love Cassandra. She's real good.
1: Just because she actually shows growth. That's true. Like, quite a <laughs> well, bit. Well, if we're thinking
0: about it in that way, it'll <laughs> <Well>, Because <that's different.
1: laughs> as much as I love Varric, there's not a lot of growth there.
0: <laughs> but... You know, he does become Viscount of Cripplewalles. So true, Viscount.
1: but also, like, man, you hung around with the same woman for like two decades. I think you need to. I think you have some. You're you just
0: you're just talk. bitter about Bianca. I that's am what really it is. Bitter
1: about the whole. You're not going to let me romance the dwarf, but also they don't let you romance any dwarves.
0: Um, other than Lace Harding, other than barely. Harding,
1: but that's like that doesn't count.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that, they need to fix that going they forward, that's for sure. need to fix
1: that. Come on. That's messed
0: yeah, up. Cassandra's a really good one. Varric is awesome. Yeah, that's a really tough question. Like, each game, there's different there's aspects different, of it.
1: Yeah. You get me wrong. I love Zev. but I
0: love Dorian. He's great. Dorian's great. Iron Bull's great, too. I I really like all the companions in Inquisition. Like, really, I don't have any in there that I absolutely hate, except for Sarah forgot about sarah <laughs> How she's that? she's grown on me and you know cons- and like you know later replays yeah. but still not my favorite character
1: or as sam refers to dorian belt daddy <laughs> belt.
0: <laughs> accurate that's <laughs> i just wish that his default outfit was not like skin colored leather Deb it's so bad
1: choice. yeah that's why i it mod it just
0: looks weird it's not
1: good <laughs> It's not great.
0: It's I don't like nude, like, uh, nude colored no. like, high heels either. So, no. <laughs> that's just there's something
1: me. very uncomfortable about it.
0: Yeah, it's just... Don't. just don't just don't
1: do it. Yeah, rethink that maybe it's fine. But
0: his outfits, like, his armor stuff you give them is all real good. Oh, yeah, I really, I really like how they did that in Dragon Age Inquisition. It's like all the characters had like their armor sets kind of thing. And like, when you put on a piece of armor on them, it would be a different version of their right. kind of set. And that they kept like a stylistic. Yep. continuity between all the different sets that they have like there's very few sets that had like their own standalone
1: yeah shape and then you could so. recolor them
0: oh the recoloring's so good i wish there was more color options true because yeah
1: but you know it is fun to put iron bowl in pink oh it's so good he loves that that's <laughs> <laughs> so the best thing ever I'm like okay so you're great just your shock at realizing who the voice actor was, and I was like, Yep.
0: <laughs> oh my god, Ray Jr. Man, what have you been doing? Currently being that, Ironville? that yeah, yeah, he voices a
1: character in Mass Effect Three too, <laughs> which is got kind of, it sounds way more like him in that one. Yeah, whereas yeah, Boy, it like really
0: doesn't sound like what? him at all.
1: What really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: Well. Well, I guess we should wrap up. Eh? That's
1: it. Wrapped up. That was Live Hex and...
0: Bonus Dragon Age.
1: Bonus Dragon Age. Sam is just now realizing who Iron pulse voice actor was. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. Oh my god. (laughs) Alright, so... We have in an hour uh, our second to last game in the first arc of Delta Valorum. My D&D 5e in space. Campaign. So that's going to be fun. I have uh, thoughts. Uh, oh, Sam didn't know he was in ME3. Gotcha. Now I oh, understand. Okay. I keep forgetting there's a delay on the. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so that's happening in an hour at 4 p.m. Eastern. And then we will have one more stream at 8 p.m. Eastern. It's recorded, pre-recorded. I forget which one it is because I have to look at the schedule. <laughs> We pre-recorded stuff, and I keep forgetting what we did. <laughs> what it was. Yeah, because it's all in a particular order, and now my brain is like, "What? What are thoughts? Thoughts aren't anything." It, it is. Oh, it's me and James. Uh, I, we put our faces on camera just for you, Kayla. Um, <laughs> so because I said I would for the <laughs> Call Me Under demo. Uh, for the, it's the one of the visual novels from Lunar right. Games.
0: Yeah, you're, uh... and
1: when. The voice shows game. up. We both are like <laughs> so wailing in the background. Oh my god! Well then, pretty yeah, I'll also try yeah, to check it's, it out. It's in there. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's. But I also must say, like, the fact that they're adding some limited voice acting into the visual novels is real great. Because Gideon Emery's in the in the one, and I was like, well, I know exactly who that is. <laughs> because I yeah. have played Dragon Age Two a lot. <laughs> Best elf boy. Oh my god, I love him. So we oh, will be to to Let me look here. We are still at 14358. So we are doing really well. Thank you everyone who donated. We really appreciate it. Um at this pace, we will very easily be able to meet our goal, which we super super appreciate. Uh don't forget you can go to tinyurl.com/tpcspring to donate directly to Able Gamers through Tiltify. Uh, obviously we have nothing to do with any of the funds there because we don't want to touch that stuff that doesn't belong to us it goes sounds like to, responsibility well and it sounds like you know a potential uh pitfall <laughs> it sounds like a bad idea in general so that's why tiltify exists yay i'm glad for that um we'll strip the audio out of this and make it available in podcast form too
0: if you don't know who we are now, uh, we are The Human Exception. Um, you can find us at thehumanexception.com. You can find us on our social media at fa- on Facebook or Twitter at The Human Exception. If you have an idea for us or anything you want to share or tell us that we're wrong about our favorite Dragon Age characters, you can email us at thehumanexception@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And uh, you can find our show on all your favorite podcast platforms. woo i have only done that a million times.
1: Yeah, only that, right? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have that stored away in your gray matter at all
0: mm-hmm. um
1: and also nathan we missed you so did we
0: we could talk about dragon age though. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna listen to us like six months from now and like hey i know
1: right yeah <laughs> hey hey, hey. <laughs> all right everyone thank you again so very much and we're back in an hour so be good Big and mess. we'll see you later bye everybody Bye.